So you don't have any knowledge about it on the network. Uh, I even didn't search for it because, you know, I, I didn't know any, anyone who is doing that. And when I told it about it to people, they told me, like, you're, you're crazy. It cannot work. Like, why it works? And it was so easy to sell in this time. So, so yeah, and that's how the world w- was looking like. Like, today you need to know much more strategies and much know how to work right. But at this time, like 11 years ago, it was crazy. You, you could just list anything and it would sell. You're listening to Ecomonics, a Debutify podcast. Your resource for one-of-a-kind insights into the world of e-commerce and business in the modern age. This is Joseph. I'll be presenting a wealth of industry knowledge from interviews with successful business people and our own state-of-the-art research. Your time is valuable, so let's go. What I want you to pay attention to in this episode is the sense of scale conveyed by my guest, Lear Posen, and his company, AutoDS. Made for beginners and experts alike, AutoDS manages over 12,000 stores and handles the backend for you in full. With suppliers ranging from AliExpress to Etsy to Sam's Club, you know you're playing with the big guns. From some of what Lear tells me about dealing with the competition, you're going to be glad to have a company like this on your side. Lear Posen, it's good to have you here. Welcome to Ecomonics. Thank you for being on the show and thank you for, uh, for making the time for us today. Thanks for having me here, Joseph. It's a pleasure and it's an honor. So the first question is the most important question by far. It goes a little something like this. Tell us who you are and what you do. So my name is Lear Posen. I'm the owner and the CEO of uh, AutoDS.com. Uh, dropshipping platform, all-in-one dropshipping platform that focuses on saving time to people and on being an all-in-one platform. I started dropshipping around 11 years ago, and from there, uh, the tool came from our needs as dropshippers. And if you can, I can explain more about how how today's came to the world and why. Well, definitely want to hear about that. I mean, I think I was going to have that chambered a couple of questions in, but you said it. So yeah, let's hear about that now. Cool. So basically, I started the dropshipping 11 years ago, um, basically by mistake. So <laughs> I just uh, searched for a cell phone to buy an online smartphone. And I saw it in a Chinese site that's called uh, tinydeal.com. Uh, right now, the, this site doesn't exist anymore. But in these days, it was a big Chinese site for uh, electronics. But I wanted to buy it from eBay because this is a marketplace that I trust and I like to buy from. So I went to eBay and they saw the same cell phone in just much more expensive price. And I said to myself, why not to try and list this cell phone for the same price on eBay mm-hmm. and maybe make some profits? I was 14 years old in these days. So I got to sell of $40 in profit, which was a huge amount of money for me in this time. After that, I had uh, some e-commerce businesses, some uh, uh, stores of electronic cigarettes and some other gadgets. And then uh, we had uh, the project of building an e-commerce empire of eBay stores. So it was just me and my business partner. We decided to create a platform that will create for our stores automatically, find hot selling products, list it to our stores automatically, order it 
to our customers and monitor the price and stock of these products from the suppliers. Um, and this was our initial plan. So basically what we wanted to do is just a program that will create stores for us that runs automatically, accept the customer support. And uh, for this, we had our uh, VAs, virtual assistants. And that's all. That's how it started. After around half an year or uh, even one year, we went to a conference here in uh, Israel and we showed the tool to some people and they told us, hey, why don't you release this software to everyone? Like it's perfect and, and we want to use it. So initially we released it to some uh, big eBay dropshippers. And after that, we saw the potential of it and released it to everyone because we decided that we can help to everyone. So why not to save more time to more people? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we saw that that's what we really like to do. We really like to create the SaaS software that saves time to people and help them to automate their dropshipping businesses. There's a lot to unpack there. So. The first thing that pops into my mind is when you spotted this cell phone, right? It was a cell phone and you said, wait a minute, I've seen this one before. How sure were you that it was a repeat product? Like, was it just a visual that tipped you off or did you look into the stats? Did you look into, I don't know, the serial code on the back of it? Like, what did you have to do to figure it out? So I checked the description of it and I checked the pictures on the eBay listing. And they saw that it's exactly the same product. They didn't change anything there. Like not the title, not the description, not the images, anything. I just decided to try. But by the way, I sold it within, I think, three or four hours. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you, you might be the person who's been in dropshipping the longest out of everybody that I've talked to. On average, the people that I've talked to, they've gotten into it two years ago, three years ago, maybe five years ago. Uh, not to say that they haven't been in e-commerce, but it's dropshipping especially, a, a lot of them, I don't know, you would hear somebody who's been in it for three years and you would think, wow, what a veteran. I would see the scars on his face and all, and all that, but you were in it for 11 years. So what, I, what I've got to know is what the landscape looked like, because it sounds like it was pretty subtle that it wasn't, there wasn't obviously any dropshipping. You didn't know the term, you just put it together in your head. So what was, uh, yeah, what was the industry like at that time? So first, I didn't know even the word dropshipping. Like I didn't know that. I, 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 until today, I don't know if this world was existing this time or not. Uh, at this time, mm-hmm. so you don't have any knowledge about it on the network. Uh, I even didn't search for it because you know I, I didn't know any, anyone who is doing that. And when I told it about it to people, they told me like, "You're, you're crazy. It cannot work. Like why it works." And it was so easy to sell this time. So, so yeah, and that's how the world w- was looking like. Like today, you need to know much more strategies and much know how to work right. But at this time, like 11 years ago, it was crazy. You, you could just list anything and it would sell. It was crazy. I missed out on the I missed out on the early part of the gold rush there. But you know, congratulations for for catching it. So. You worked on this software because you realized that you needed it for yourself. And that ties into a lot of the mentality that entrepreneurs, even if they're not into dropshipping and they just want to, I don't know, sell cookies, that's usually the starting point is that they have a problem and no one is solving it. So they decide to solve it themselves. And then the other side of it, uh, and this is something that I was really hoping to ask you about in particular, because you know the automi- 
automation is such an important component to your business is I've always figured that before something is automated, it should be done manually. Because if you don't do something manually first and you don't understand how it works, the automations can get ahead of you. Uh, people were making newspapers by hand before somebody realized they could do the printing press. Well, I mean, you know, we're not, we're not automating surgeries just yet, but I hear a lot of reports in the news about robots with the little needles uh, sewing people up. So tell us about your experience with doing this manually. And did you find that you were just spending way too much time on it? Or was it just a matter of, you know what, no matter how much time I'm spending, I could, I could automate this? Because that takes a lot of uh, intuition to just realize, oh, wait a minute, we could just automatically do this. And I suppose you also had a bit of um, a development background too. So, so let us know about how AutoDS served your needs first before it helped others. Okay, it's uh, a good question. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, there was like seven questions in one there, so I'm hoping one of them was good. <laughs> so, yeah. Firstly, I started manually. Yeah, like everyone. I, I had to uh, find the products manually and list them manually and firstly, re and then process the orders manually. So, first I had to understand what are the tasks that takes me mo most of the time and where the software can be even better than myself. So the two tasks that I saw that are taking most of my time and it was really hard to outsource it to someone else, uh, were first to find products and second to list the products. Now, these two, uh, like you could do them manually, but it, uh, it took too much time. And we had the third task, which is the price and stock monitoring. There it's much bigger problem because for price and stock monitoring, if I go to sleep or even if I had 10,000 products in my store, I couldn't do that manually. Like you cannot really monitor these prices with a sheets file all the day, just sit and check what, what, mm -hmm. what changes. So what changes. So first, the first task that we had to automate was the price and stock monitoring because you cannot do that manually for a big amount of products. Each of our stores had 10,000 listings at least. So that was the first part of the software. The second one was the uh, products find me. Why? Because like you can't say that you could say that listing products takes most of the time because I need to copy everything and list the products one by one. But Finding products is a process that takes time and a software can do that better than me. Like we had a tool that just scanned all eBay sellers and found what sells well for them. And then we copied it to our stores. So that was the second tool that we had. And then the, the third one was really the lister, the, the, the part of the software that just copies anything from any of the suppliers into our eBay store or Shopify store today with the click of a button. And then you could uh, do that also for 10,000 listings with the click of a button, which is the bulk uploads. And the last one was the uh, automated orders. The automated orders, it was, uh, like, it was so hard to develop it. Like we, we lost so much money for <laughs> duplicate <laughs> orders because when we were testing it, like we had 10 orders of the same product to the same customer. So maybe our customers were very happy that we lost a lot of money there. Um, but it was part of the way. So yeah, th that was the process. Like a a anything that we try, we first write manually, even today. 
um, have a team that research uh, different suppliers, research different product finding methods. All this done first manually, and then we do that automatically. And uh, yeah, I, I'm a developer by myself. My business partner is a developer. So we have this uh, mindset of automate everything. Like everything is possible to be automated. Even the customer support maybe one day. It's a bit more complicated, but we hope to get there. Mm -hmm. One of the scripts that I was doing research for, because in addition to interviews, I also do my own uh, solo episodes. What I saw was it was about copywriting. And there is this guy, I think his name is Joshua Wong, and he's developing this AI to actually automate the copywriting part of it. Um, what they had done is they, they compared the copywriting of the machine versus the copywriting of a human. And you can tell who the human is, but it wasn't like a disaster. The, 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 the machine had actually made something that was, that was reasonable. So it is uh, interesting because I think you're the first person to regard automation as not just about faster and more efficient, but also better. Have you ever seen this philosophy applied to, to life in any other way? Like, I don't know, automated cars or, or anything along those lines? Yeah. Uh, so first about the dropshipping. So like, for example, we have the part of the automated orders in uh, AutoDS. I'm sure that the robots have uh, less chance to make a mistake while they do a hundred orders a day than a person, than a, a real person. Uh, and same about the cars. Like from what I read, the statistics shows that uh, Automated cars have less chance to do an accident than uh, than people. Uh, mm -hmm. We are still like our mind is still not there. Like we still cannot get it. But in the future, I'm sure that when people will give more trust into these cars, and uh, the amount of accident, ex accidents will be much lower. Yeah, I haven't talked about this too often on the show because it only comes up once in a while. But uh, my girlfriend and I. Uh, we both have partial blindness, like I'm uh, legally blind in my left eye, and she has uh, a blind mixture in both of her eyes. So with our combined efforts, we have enough vision for one person. So, you know, if we both have our hands on like one giant steering wheel, then maybe we can we can uh, work together and drive a car. But automation, automatically driving cars is something that excites somebody like me, because it does it better. I will never do it as well as like the average, you know, driver even somebody with glasses because they couldn't even correct my vision yeah so auto automation it's it's not just about replacing us it's about it, it boosting us and giving us an ability to focus on other things so let's get to those other things the uh actually one thing that we should make sure that our listeners understand about auto ds is where it functions so you cover shopify and you cover ebay is there anywhere else that auto ds uh functions and if not do you have plans to hit other markets yeah, so uh, let's go a bit uh, backwards. Um, so uh, Autodesk started around uh, four years ago as an eBay dropshipping platform. But right now we are the biggest uh, dropshipping platform for eBay dropshippers. And what we did in the last two years is just redesigning the system uh, and uh, building it from scratch for uh, UX and UI people just to make the best tool for uh, new people that it will be much easier for them to use and much uh, more clear for them. Mm -hmm. But that's in the user part, like from what users see. Another thing that we did was 
that we made the system much easier for us to add more suppliers and more selling channels. So Shopify was the first one, but in the next year, we plan to add Amazon, uh, WooCommerce, Wix, mm -hmm. and just to keep adding more and more selling channels and at the other hand, to add more and more uh, suppliers. So yeah, that's what we do. Today we support eBay and Shopify, but uh, I guess in two months, it will be uh, at least one more. And then every month we will just add more and more. Uh, same about the suppliers. We are adding now uh, one supplier in a week. So uh, every week we have one more new supplier just because of the uh, system, new system flexibility, which allows us to do that. Okay, so I'm taking the perspective of somebody who is inundated with a lot of options because I listen to, I, you know, I, I, I interview two people uh, every week and people have different approaches to it. So what I want to know from that perspective is, is, is there different routes that I have to take to automate for Shopify or eBay, or is it one source that is uh, producing the content and the product for the different platforms? My, my guess is there is some specificity because the platforms are their own are their own businesses, their own marketplaces. So our vision is that e-commerce seller. Like in, in the future, e-commerce sellers will not sell just in one platform. There will not be someone who is selling only on Shopify or only on, on eBay. There are no reason to do that because if you can get more audiences, there are no reason not to do that. In the new AutoDS, AutoDS V2, st starting from January 2021, uh, the eBay platform and the Shopify platform will be the same platform. It means that you will be able to list the same product to both of your stores, so even to 10 different Shopify and eBay stores with the click of a button. So yeah, everything will be in one system. The needs of the Shopify sellers and eBay sellers are a bit different, but we uh, prepare to that. So the system is uh, generic enough to understand if you are a Shopify seller or eBay seller, and it will show you the things that you need as the specific seller. If you are selling in both, so one product will show you the things that are relevant for Shopify and the other one that are relevant for eBay. But mm -hmm. the dashboard will be the same dashboard. You will see the profits from all of your stores together. You will see all of your products together and all of your orders together. So yeah, it's one system for everything. That's incredible. I mean, one uh, client that I had worked with uh, earlier on, this was uh, in regards to social media. And he had set me up in, I think it was called Hootsuite. And what he wanted to do was have a message sent out to Twitter, to Facebook. Uh, and I, I think we were like Tumblr at the time. I don't know, it was, it was a while ago. And the one issue that I had with it was when I'm writing something on Twitter, I, it has to be a tweet. There's a format to it. And it's not just the character limit. It's also about what people expect from Twitter. And then when I write that, if that message goes onto Facebook, I mean, it's fine, but it's not quite the same. There are different expectations for, for Facebook. So uh, what I'd love to hear your position on is how do you manage the different expectations between the different platforms? So let's take, for example, and the product listing, the, the description, for example. And what we have is uh, ready-made templates. So for eBay, we have the very beautiful templates that are adapted to eBay to catch your eye and everything there. For Shopify, you don't need it. You need much uh, cleaner templates. Uh, so uh, 
you can create a template that is only for Shopify and we will give you another template that is only for eBay. And if you list the same product to both uh, different selling channels, it will just adapt it according to the selling channel. It will use the right template. When I'm talking about templates, I'm not talking about uh, themes, just the template, just what you have inside the description. So, uh, yes, and also, for example, about pricing. So on eBay, people are using something uh, called break-even, uh, which is usually eBay fees plus PayPal fees, uh, plus maybe 5% for taxes. Uh, for Shopify, people usually prefer to just multiply the price by 200% or 300%. Mm -hmm. And in the system, you have defaults for different uh, selling channels. So for eBay, it will take you the break-even plus 10% uh, in profit, for example. But for Shopify, it will put automatically 200% in profits. So it's adapted for that. I know the tool that you are talking about. And yeah, with Twitter and Facebook and, and Instagram, it's a bit different because each of them has different uh, length that they allow for their post and uh, yeah. and how you speak is different between the different channels because the audience are different. But here we just do it automatically. Like if the title should be 80 characters on eBay and on Shopify, I think it can be 160, something like that. So we yeah. adapt the title according to the right platform. Awesome. The uh, The quote of your business is, uh, is pretty appealing. It's I'll, I'll read the quote up. It's beautiful outside. Leave your work behind. So on uh, on average, uh, how much time is it uh, saving and you know, how much freedom is it really providing for people? So I cannot really say how much time it's saving. Like in how long? I can say that the only thing that you need to worry about is customer support on eBay and on, Facebook, and on uh, Shopify for now. It's only the advertising. The price in stock is done automatically. The product finding is done automatically for eBay, for Shopify, uh, it will come soon. For uh, what, what more? The orders will be done automatically. The tracking number will be updated automatically. On eBay, we will also send to your customers three messages about, hey, the order was processed. Hey, this is your uh, tracking number. And uh, this is your, um, and the order uh, arrived. And then we also will send, uh, please leave us a positive feedback. So all this process is done automatically, even the pricing automation. So for example, on eBay, people sit and check what works well for them. And then they uh, decrease the pricing for products that uh, didn't sell well for them and increase the pricing for products that sell well for them. We do that automatically. So if we see that something started to sell for you, we will just increase the price. If it stopped selling, we will decrease the price. If the product didn't sell for you for a month, we will delete this product automatically because you don't need it and we will replace it with another product. So all this relevant for eBay. For Shopify, there are uh, tools that do part of these things automatically. So what we do there is the listing. So we can upload. If, there are Shopify sellers who work, for example, also with the big numbers and also with many products. So you can list even 10,000 products and say products between $10 and $20, we want to put them with 200% uh, in profit. And then other uh, level, other percent of profit. When the order comes, it will go automatically to the customer. It will be processed automatically. So even there, we do most of the work 
uh, automatically. For now, the only thing that we are not doing automatically are the customer support and the Facebook ads. And and I don't really see um, why that would fall into your wheelhouse anyways, just because customer support is a very brand-specific um, venture. Different VAs have to adhere to different brands. So I, I can see that being uh, uh, being on their side. By the way, for the customer support, we are helping them. It means that you can build your uh, ready-made templates inside the system and then send I these see. templates with the click of a button. Also, for orders, one thing that I forgot to mention, uh, in the past, you had to link your AliExpress or Amazon accounts to AutoDS, so we would use these accounts to process your orders. Today, you even don't need AliExpress or Amazon account. You can just load balancing into AutoDS, and we will do the rest for you. So from my perspective, I'm, I'm getting a lot of mentoring from my, uh, from my mentor slash boss. And his assignment was for us to uh, pick a product and, uh, and drop ship it. And not having done any of it myself, I was pretty, I don't know, um, uneasy about the whole thing because what I want to do is I wanted to order it myself and test it out for myself. And I did. And I actually, well, actually, I kind of like the product. It's a, it's a light with a, or it's, a, it's an alarm clock with a light on it. So given the scale that you're, that you're working in here, what's the vetting process for the products that you're drop shipping? You mean, how do I find them? Yeah, how do you find them? And, you know, in, in fairness, how do you just ensure that they're good to go? So it depends, uh, for eBay or for Shopify? All right, well, I suppose I would want to hear uh, for both. Okay, cool. So because the strategies are completely different, it's, it's, it's so different, it's crazy. And uh, like, mm-hmm. you know, also, yes, we had to understand the difference between those two huge markets. So let's start from my strategy for product finding for eBay. So eBay is a marketplace and in marketplace, what you want to do is to take uh, as many keywords as possible and just to have as many products as possible on as many keywords as possible. And what we do is that we are working with uh, the big numbers rule, which is a strategy that I'm a huge believer of this strategy. Uh, in my opinion, actually, it's not an opinion. Uh, that, that it's, it's a fact. Every big dropshipper that I saw that really makes a lot of profits uh, using this type of strategy. And what we do is that we are listing uh, around 10,000 uh, products for each store. Now, when you list 10,000 products, you cannot really do manual research for each of them and really check that any of them will sell for you. And it doesn't matter. You don't care about it. So what we have in AutoDS is that we have a tool that calls uh, AutoDS Finder. The AutoDS Finder is a tool that scans 40,000 dropshippers every day, takes their top selling products, and then it adds it to our database, plus adding some uh, related products that also has a big possibility to sell, a high possibility to sell. And then we have all this huge database and with a click of a, bu- of a button in AutoDS, you can just list these type of products into your store, plus some other different categories like products with coupons that have uh, uh, coupons now on Amazon, AliExpress, and so on. So that's how we work in, 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 on eBay. We are just taking, uh, putting a recurring upload on AutoDS. So every day my store will have a hundred new products and that's all. I know that these products already 
sold for someone else. Um, the price optimization system will change the price and uh, decrease it if they will, if they are not selling for me, and then increase when it starts selling because that's how eBay's algorithm works. And that if your product sells well, so you will just get more traffic into this product and you can start increasing the price. And that's how we work for eBay. For Shopify, we have some different strategies. Uh, for now, we're doing it manually. Um, so uh, one option is, first, I'm working on Shopify mostly with uh, US suppliers, Amazon, uh, Wakefair, Walmart, and so on. What we do there is that we are going to the uh, trending products from these suppliers, and we are checking if the product is interesting by some criteria. Mm -hmm. If it solves the problem, if it's something that people will buy from emotions, like right now they will just buy it. And we are just checking what, we just check what is trending there and adding it to this list. Then we are checking Facebook ads and how other competitors are working with uh, this type of products. We have a huge list of other Shopify competitors and we are checking what they are listing to increase uh, this list of products. And that's what we do on uh, Shopify. By the way, we are releasing a, a Shopify free course soon in uh, around one or two weeks. So we will also uh, show these methods there. You know, I think a lot of people might not realize what uh, eBay is capable of, just because as far as what we understand about eBay is that it's an auction website for people who are selling individual products. Uh, I don't think it really occurs to people that there was a whole marketplace going on there too. So. Uh, how long has eBay's market side of it been around compared to the the auction side of it? Or was it basically like there the whole time and we just didn't notice? It, it, it was always there. I don't know why they don't market it right. They have a lot of buyers. I think that most of the purchases on eBay are not from auctions. So dropshipping on eBay works really well. Uh, mostly you will not see in the first results uh, auctions. You will see basically dropshipping products. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, eBay is a huge marketplace. It's the, I think it's the second biggest marketplace in the US and it's really worth it. I think that even Shopify um, dropshippers should just try eBay also as a second income or as a side business because this way, first you can build a huge brand this way because you can work on eBay, these 10,000 products, don't sp not spending a lot of time on it. And then when something sells well for you, uh, you can, in the gift receipt of the supplier, for example, if I'm sending a, uh, if I send a package from Amazon, I will add in the gift receipt a link, like uh, mystorename.com, and then my buyers from eBay will come to my Shopify store. So it's a perfect uh, source for more traffic to my store. Then we can do retargeting and marketing to these people. So I think that everyone should try it. And also it's another way to build, you know, a, a bios list, and a brand. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think also too, I guess this was happening to me. I didn't realize it, depending on what I would be looking at on eBay, is it's a, it's a unique opportunity for people who may are already owning a product to go head to head with selling something new. So say for instance, like a new controller for a vintage system, somebody might have that, but somebody else might have it new and packaged and somebody else might be selling a new version of it. So you really get to see all of what the market 
has to offer in regards to any given product versus Amazon, which is, you know, all new. So what about you? What uh, mm-hmm. what dropshipping uh, projects are you working on right now? So first, in Autodesk, we're on uh, 35 uh, eBay dropshipping stores. Um, we do that. Like all of our dropshipping products are not to make profits. Like we always trying to stay uh, updated with the market, the market needs. That's how we started. Uh, in our about us page, you may see that it's Autodesk is from dropshippers to dropshippers. We are always trying to build a community. And that's why we run these projects. So we always try to research more and more product finding methods, more and more uh, different platforms. And even the suppliers in Autodesk, where you can list from, like Amazon, Wayfair, Walmart, AliExpress, Banggood. So all these suppliers were first checked by us. We don't list any supplier until we check and see that it's a dropshipping friendly supplier and it's worth it to work with them. So that's one thing. The other thing is that, uh, as I said, we are working on a course for people. And from our side, we are just working to check uh, more and more the uh, Shopify dropshippers market to see how we can improve our software, give them more value and save them more time. So what have been some of the uh, quickest examples of people, I mean, I know success is relative, but I, whatever, I guess, if is the quickest f- someone has managed to succeed, like what is the fastest somebody has been able to uh, get the, their operation going? And then on the flip side, what has been the most prolonged example of someone uh, trying to get their way into drop shipping? So it's really depends <laughs> because, uh, yeah, like it's, it's a relative question, but, you know, it's still a, a good frame of reference. Yeah, sure. So first we had a survey on uh, Autodesk, uh, how much time it took you to get your first sale. Uh, in, uh, we, we did it in our community. And uh, 90% of people said that it was within their five, first five days and dropshipping on eBay or first week, something like that. But I think that the key here is to success mm-hmm. is uh, consistency. If people will stay consistent, they will succeed in dropshipping for sure, uh, specifically on eBay, because it's really not a hard thing to do. Same for Shopify, you just need to find your niche, find the right uh, ads copy, and uh, it will start going. Um, mostly, I see that people are coming to a real results within around two months. I never saw someone that, like, I cannot say never because it all depends on how much time you spend into it. But I know that people who uh, tried, really tried for half year, I never saw someone who told me, you I tried for half a year every day to do dropshipping and I didn't succeed. I, I never heard something like that. But most I see results within up to two months. Up to two months. Okay. Yeah. The, the, but people need to understand that it's a business. Like people really need to 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 understand that it will work, but they need to spend effort into that. They need to really think about it and and think about this as a real business. It's an online business, but still, it's a business. It's the I think it's the easiest mm-hmm. business in the world, but it's a business. You need to really think about it and always try to improve and learn more and more. I, I can I, I can tell you that a lot of our guests. 
probably all of them, frankly, who at least as far as the ones I can speak to dropshipping have have maintained that uh, that it's it's not it's not a hobby, it's not a side hustle, unless you're somebody who takes side hustles very seriously and you know congrats to that. But it is it is a business, and then there's also been another thread too, is that a lot of people feel concerned that they have to basically stop everything else that they're doing and get into it. And that would certainly open up their availability, but they don't necessarily have to. They can still continue to work on their other businesses while also doing this as well. In fact, a lot of the major success stories that I've talked to are people who made it both work. They were working full time and they were doing their their dropshipping business on the side. So it could certainly be a lot. It could, it could be intimidating, but hearing an operation like this, it's it's great to hear that there's something like this on people's side. Because, you know, we want you to just succeed. I mean, not, and not just succeed, but really nail it. I haven't asked this in a while because I tend to not want to like, aside from the traditional questions that I ask, you know, for the fun of it, I tend to not want to ask this too many times because, you know, I, it's, I, you can only hear the answer so many times, but I think I'm going to get a unique one out of you, which is for people who want to get into dropshipping, let's just say, hypothetically, this is the first time that they've ever heard about dropshipping before in their lives. What do they need in terms of mindset, money, and time? So again, it really depends eBay or Shopify, but sure. let's answer about both. For eBay, like first for both, you need the mindset, as I said uh, uh, before. But for eBay, you don't really need any budget because you just need maybe a hundred dollars just to start uh, your first orders because there is something that's called the PayPal jail, which means that PayPal will hold your money when you just start uh, for a few days until the product arrives to your customers. So maybe just for these first days, you need some budget up to $100, it will be enough. Um, and that's all. Uh, to start working on it, it's really easy. You can go to, even don't need to pay money to any course. Like you can go to, Sorry for the uh, advertising, but <laughs> you can go to AutoDS blog or AutoDS YouTube. We have there over 350 YouTube videos uh, to help people to succeed, over 300 blog posts just really to give value to people and help them to succeed. Um, so that's about eBay. Um, the style there is much slower because eBay are giving you a limitation of how many products you can list firstly, so you cannot go immediately to 10,000 products. Mm -hmm. It will not work. You cannot do that technically, but you can first list 10 products, then 100 products, and then 1,000, and that's how it goes. So there you just need patient. You need the mindset that it's a business, and it will work if you will, still, uh, if you will stay consistent, and that's all. For Shopify, you need much more understanding about advertising, like how to run Facebook ads, and a, a bit more budget. I would say that $1,000 uh, will be enough for sure for Facebook ads to just to start and don't understand if it works for you and understand the potential. But if you don't want to spend this amount of money, it's still possible. Why? Because uh, you can find a unique product and then you can go to influencers uh, like on Instagram uh, or YouTube mm -hmm. and pay them much smaller amounts for that. If you go to smaller influencers and they will advertise your products, or if you don't want to spend money at all, 
You can even go to Facebook groups and just start and uh, spread your product over the world. Just share the link on groups where the product will uh, help these people. For example, if I go to a dogs group and I will post something interesting for dogs, I will get the sales without any initial budget. So the budget there will be just for Shopify and uh, maybe some uh, tools which are maybe a few tens of dollars and that's all less than a hundred if I go with this method. So yeah, depends how fast you want it and uh, how how much budget you have. Uh, but I would say that for Shopify, it's a bit more expensive if you don't go with the, a method. Just finally, you will just sell your time for the money. Like if you work hard, you go to the groups, you're selling your time, but you can without balance and without any budget stock if you want. Yeah. And it does speak to the importance of being passionate about your product and knowing what you, uh, knowing your niche. There are different uh, arguments here in different schools of thought. Like if people get too married to what they're passionate about and then it doesn't take off, that can hurt a little bit harder. But at the same time, if I'm going to go to a Facebook group and use that as my, as my marketing, I need to be able to know what I'm talking about. So your, your passion in this case is a pretty important yeah. resource in being able to overcome those hurdles. What you lack in resources, you can make up for in, uh, in, in knowledge that's accumulated over time. My next question for you, uh, this one is, is about your company, because um, I'm personally curious about your, your own management, because uh, you have, what, 50 employees remotely at the moment? Yeah, almost 60. Almost yeah. 60, yeah. Yeah, we're, uh, we're in a similar boat at Debutify. We have a lot of people all over the world. The one issue that sticks out is making time for meetings. You know, somebody has to draw the short straw, so to speak. <laughs> Tell us about your experience in managing uh, uh, almost 60 employees remotely. Cool. So it's a great question, and mm -hmm. it's one of my most uh, favorite uh, topics. I started without any budget. I... I like I'm a developer and my business partner, our CTO. And, and that's why we just had to find people who can do the work without office and just to save this money. That's how it started. And also our vision is that you can, like that's what we spread to the dropshippers. You can work from everywhere. And that's also how our company works. Now about the management. Uh, my business partner, our uh, chief technology officer, he lives in Denver, Colorado, United mm -hmm. States. I live in Tel Aviv, Israel. So anyway, like even my like the closest part in the, uh, you know, my partner lives a uh, ten hours flight from here. What we do is a few things. First, we have meetings uh, for each of the uh, departments: one for marketing, one for customer support, and one for and the developers um, we are uh, trying to uh, take people for uh, similar positions from the same uh, time zones for example all our developers are uh, located in ukraine and some in india but it's still similar time zones everything is documented documented like we have a lot of documents for everything so it will be easy for someone just to open it and read uh, instead of going and searching mm -hmm. in the you know in the offices someone to ask so that's how we do that and in terms of uh, tasks management which is the most important part of everything here it is yeah we are using asana 
and Asana is our uh, task management uh, software. Uh, everything there is super organized. We have for each department their uh, own board. We have for each uh, feature uh, a very clear process how we release everything. If a bug comes, we don't, like the developers and the customer support, they even don't need to, to, to uh, communicate between them because we have a very clear process about what happens when a bug comes, how it goes to the developers inside the Asana, inside the task management uh, software. Um, and in terms of communication, mm -hmm. we are using Slack, uh, which is an internal messaging uh, software uh, inside the company. And we have their uh, channels for marketing, for customer support, for developers, general, and everything is there. Like, uh, that's how we did it. Like, we, we just, we are, we are just using the right tools, uh, the right uh, management of tasks, processes, documentation, everything is documented. Really, like if someone new comes to the customer support, he has a question about X, he just goes to mm -hmm. our kind of uh, Wikipedia, writes uh, what to do in case of this and that, and they get an answer. Awesome. It, one thing that I prioritize is uh, company culture. And it's a, it's a unique challenge to have a cohesive uh, culture because unlike in an office environment where everybody's there and we're all uh, drinking from the same water cooler and the same walking by the same window, it can be hard to, to set that up. So have you taken initiatives to uh, boost more of the community within the company? Yeah. Um, first, we tried to do some like kind of uh, happy hours to meet each other. Um, but it just works because like everyone in Autodesk understands the passion uh, and it all comes from, you know, from the people who lead the, the company. We work a lot of hours. We really try to automate everything. And like we, the, this also goes initially into the company culture. So everyone is commit, committed. Um, we have WhatsApp group, by the way, um, to, to, for more fun things. We have some uh, Slack channels, uh, like it's kind of a groups mm -hmm. for uh, some uh, jokes, you know, inside the dropshipping and stuff like that. Um, so that's how we try to really build more uh, relationships between different people. Also inside the meetings, we are not just talking only technical things. We first start with uh, how it's going, how the week went and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And that, that's all important stuff because you know, especially in, in our time right now, most of us are locked in our homes. And uh, I mean, me, I, I was locking myself in my house, you know, deliberately way before uh, COVID-19. But, you know, now that I, I'm also working remotely, I've really gained this new appreciation for how important it is for us to actually like, you know, be a cohesive unit. Because these are the only people that we're going to see and interact with. Like we had a, <laughs> when I was at my parents' house for a little while at the beginning of the pandemic, we had the the internet guy come in and I almost cried because I hadn't seen anybody in like a month and I wanted, well, I couldn't hug him, but I was just happy to see somebody. So that stuff is really important. Uh, and that's why I wanted to ask you about it. Yeah, it, it's challenging, but it's super fun. It has a lot of advantages. Like you can work from everywhere. Our CMO, uh, chief marketing officer, and uh, myself, we've been traveling for uh, half a year. And before the COVID, uh, we took the last flight mm -hmm. to Israel from uh, uh, Toronto. 
but uh, it's good because so I just did. missed you then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, and so we, the, the opportunity that you can just travel and keep managing it, or for the uh, everyone in the company, like people are, in, they are just traveling. We had now someone who who went to Poland, and she just left, and it didn't like it didn't do any effect on the company. She's continuing working same as she did before. Even people who are in Israel, we don't really see each other. Like everything is remote. And I think there are disadvantages also. Like it's much easier to manage someone who sits near you for sure. But I think that the benefits of it are much bigger. I agree. You, you just, um, you, you're not as constrained in terms of how big the company can grow. And we have a fairly, we're, we're moving, I think, towards a more decentralized economy for one, but a decentralized world structure. And so, yeah, people can get, get up, go to Poland and, and, and keep doing their job there. I'm, I'm a bit of a, of a, a bit of a hermit. So, uh, traveling for me is, is, I don't know, down the line maybe, but just if, if at all, it'll have to be down the line because we haven't been allowed to go anywhere lately on that note. There was uh, there's an event that you have gone to in the past that I haven't asked anybody about before. Uh, it's the uh, Canton Fair. Yeah, yeah. Can you can you tell our listeners about that one? Because that's on. I know just from what my boss had mentioned to me is that it's a pretty important event. But I would love to hear from you what what it's about. Canton Fair. It's a huge event in China. Yeah, I think it's the biggest. Yeah, I don't think it's the biggest uh, sales uh, summit, uh, like uh, uh, warehouses summit in the world, where you can see any product that just comes to your mind, and you can communicate with uh, the sellers with the warehouses directly. It's huge. We we've been uh, walking there. We we walk there um, twenty five kilometers every day Oy. for oh. five days. <laughs> between different uh, suppliers and we didn't see everything there. It's huge. Uh, it's super fun. Uh, people who want to find unique products, it's a good place to do that. I wouldn't say that you cannot do that online. Uh, like everything can be done online. By the way, this year the country fair was online for sure as any other conference, but uh, even without the COVID, you could find these products online, but the feeling was of uh, going there and see the people and see and communicate with all these sellers, everyone just there. It's huge. Like super interesting. It's super interesting to see these products, to, to touch these products, to see what's new and even things that wouldn't come to your mind if you wouldn't go there. Uh, you, you would just see it there and maybe it will give us some ideas. So yeah, it's huge. It's super fun uh, about the benefits of it. I think it's more for fun, but for business, it's also good. It's important to, to hear about that stuff too. I think just because, you know, as, as time goes on and we can start going to these events again, we got to give people some optimism, some stuff to look forward to. I got a couple of other, um, just some, uh, some shorter questions, uh, just some tidbits and some facts and some definitions that we'd love to hear about from you. Mm -hmm. Having looked at your, uh, your your blog and your YouTube, I picked up on some some interesting uh, definitions, variables, ideas, 
concepts. And I just want you to uh, uh, raffle off a few of these for our listeners just so that they can look into it a little bit further, um, especially on your website where I found them. So can you give us a basic uh, rundown of what's the, uh, the big numbers rule that you've mentioned? So the big numbers rule is, it, it means, okay, on eBay I have two uh, methods of uh, product finding. One is picking them one by one, same as you do on Shopify, finding the best products and optimizing the keywords and everything. Or you can go with the method of, okay, I will just list 10,000 products and what will sell. I will optimize it later. I will not spend any time on products that didn't sell for, for me, mm. only after the product. Uh, proved me that it's a good product and it's worth it for it worth my time. I will go and start optimizing it. And also the benefit of the big numbers rule is that your fees will go lower per product because if you have ten thousand listings on eBay, you have uh, the anchor subscription, and then each listing, each product that you list on eBay will cost you less insertion fees. So it means that you can list more products for cheaper prices per product and uh, your uh, potential, your chance to be profitable is much higher because instead of paying X per product, you will pay half X. And this way you can just keep it in your pocket and keep growing. So that's what the big numbers for me. I see. So so the products are... Almost like the, the products are auditioning for your extra attention rather than you having to devote your attention to something that could work, but it could also end up being a, an inefficient use of time. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. A couple of ones I wanted to know about in regards to eBay. Are you familiar with the eBay stealth accounts? Yeah. Okay. Uh, this sounds, well, for one, it sounds kind of cool. Anytime I hear the word stealth, I get a little excited, but what's, what's going on with those? So eBay stealth accounts, uh, when you sell on eBay, you have two different approaches. The first one is building, uh, you can build multiple stores on your name, and then you cannot list the same products to multiple stores. And if one of your stores, something happened, you know, this is business, that's the world, you can get a copyright violation by mistake, or uh, you can do something wrong, and then your account may be suspended. And, uh, you, and just your business will die after that. Mm. If you go with stealth accounts, it means that I'm creating one account on my name, one account on my dad's name, one account on my sister's name, and one account on my friend's name. And then I'm just working with all these accounts together. And if something happens to one of my accounts, everything fine. Like my business is still profitable and still keeps going. And then I will just create more accounts. And um, and that's the right way to go, mostly. If I have, for example, 35 stores, so five will be on my name, five on someone else's name, and this way, if five of them will die or five of them closed, I still have my business running. That's good. That's good uh, diversification strategy. And it reminds me of what some people have talked about in a different context where they would say, you know, if once you get into it, don't just have like one drop shipping store, have a couple. Because if one of them goes down, you have other ones to back you up. Exactly. It's the, it's the same. It's also the same with Shopify. Like if one niche uh, stops selling because something happened in the world and it's irrelevant anymore, like always happens. So you don't want to put all of, all of your eggs in one basket. You always want to split it. 
The other uh, term in regards to eBay, uh, are you familiar with eBay sniping? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, when I hear sniping, I don't know, maybe, maybe this is what it is where in the context of an auction, someone gets the auction in like the last second, uh, which is what I recall of sniping. But I feel like that's not what it is here because we're talking about the drop shipping uh, enterprise. So, so what's sniping in this regard? And then also as a general question, what are the competitive tactics that people should expect to encounter on eBay, such as sniping? Yeah. Okay. So sniping works for both for Shopify and eBay. And basically what it means is that if something works well for someone else, I can also do the same in my store. So as I said, Autodesk Finder scans 40,000 different dropshippers every day. That's sniping. It means that we are taking these 40,000 dropshippers, taking their top selling products and giving it to our customers. Same you can do on Shopify. You can snipe, you can put in your list five different Shopify stores and follow their new added products every day. And if something sells well for them, just copy it to your store. So that's eBay sniping, just following someone else and taking their top selling product. This is because that, that, that's where the, the world uh, sniping comes from. Uh, so taking their top selling products and put it inside your store. And then market it through, through your own brand too, right? It, it helps it reach a different audience that the other person might not be reaching. Yeah. So last one of these uh, quick mm -hmm. ones, and then I'm going to give you a wrap-up question. There's an app in specific that your company has talked about that I haven't heard other people talk about. It's called Banggood. Are you familiar with that one? Yeah, the supplier. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Can you tell us about that one? Because I haven't heard about it before. Yeah, Banggood is super cool supplier. They are super dropshipping friendly. They support dropshippers. They have something that... Okay, they, they have few benefits. The first one is that uh, they have a dropshipping agreement that you can get from them. So everything is legal. You don't do anything bad. The second one is that they are a Chinese supplier, which means that they have Chinese prices, which are cheap usually, but Banggood also has US warehouses. So they have both. They have warehouses in China and warehouses in the United States. So if someone buys from you from the US, you can provide them great customer experience and provide the product within three up to five business days, which is much better yeah. than providing it within two weeks or three weeks from China. So this why I so like this supplier because they have Chinese prices, but uh, with uh, US warehouses. That is good. And the last thing here is that they have the dropship center. The dropship center means that they give to every dropshipper 5% discount for all of their uh, products, and it can go up to 20% discount for all of the products if you sell enough from them. So if you pass the, I think, $100,000 in a month of selling from them, you will get up to 20% discount, which is huge. That is pretty good. Well, so guys, this is just like a taste of some of the information that you can get if you head over to the AutoDS YouTube as well as their blog. So I definitely recommend you guys do that. You will learn a lot. The last question I've got for you, Lior, and then I can let you go, is what do you see as the future of dropshipping? Give it like five years, 10 years, how we think this is going to play out. Okay, so I think that dropshipping is here to stay. Uh, like you could read uh, five years ago that uh, dropshipping is dead. I don't see, I don't see <laughs> where, where it goes. Uh, I, 
Um, people said that about radio and, you know, it, it had to evolve, right? I'm technically doing radio now, but it's evolved. Yeah. So it, it's exactly the same. Like it's always changing and you always need to adapt. There are always new rules on Facebook, on Instagram. On now you have a new selling platform, uh, advertising platform, which called TikTok, which is huge. In the past, you didn't have it. So you always need to learn. You always need to adapt. But dropshipping, as dropshipping, will always stay there. It's something that exists for years. Maybe it didn't have the name of dropshipping, but always people took a product and sold it for more expensive price in other places. This that you don't really hold it or you never saw the product, it's fine. This is online. This is where the world goes. Now we have the Zoom. I didn't need to come to your office to make this interview with you. Because no, you... that would have been a long flight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, even like physical sellers are not really going to their warehouses anymore. They have someone who manages the warehouse for them and they didn't need to go there every day. So this is what dropshipping means for like just selling something that you are not holding right now for more expensive price, but you are doing something. Basically, dropshipping brings a lot of good things to the world, mm -hmm. which is it shows people products that they wouldn't see without the dropshippers. So it's here to stay. And I don't see it goes anywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's great that you mentioned too about how Zoom and our different recording software and video software and conferencing software gives us the opportunity to do this. And this is getting kind of a, a spiritual, but I am a, I'm, I'm a spiritual guy, but you, you really are made for the time that you live in, you know, the, the skills that I bring to the table, even 50 years ago, no hope of any of this being useful podcasting. Even 10 years ago, I didn't have very much hope that I could, do what I'm doing today. So for people who are thinking about getting into it, if you have the skills for it, there's a reason why you have the skills for it. You're given those skills and you are in the time to use those skills and to learn something that you take with you as you go forward. I agree. Um, and I think we are like all these people, like in the past year of people said that dropshipping is dead. If you see now what goes on Google Trends, it's just growing. And it will keep growing because more suppliers are offering the option of dropshipping. More, more people are searching dropshippers to advertise their products. So it's just growing and growing and it will keep growing. Exactly. All right, Lior Posen, uh, thank you so much for your time today. This has been excellent. This has been a great interview. They all have, but I mean it each time and I mean it this time too. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed to have this interview. It was super interesting for me too. I'm glad. Um, and I hope that we help to more people. Yeah, I, I look forward to it. I mean, you're only expanding, right? Now we're booked out pretty far in advance, but you know, once you've, uh, even in a year from now, I'm, I assume there's going to be so much that's going to be uh, different about your operation. So, you know, I, I look forward to hearing about that when we get to that point. Thanks for having me here today. And thanks for, uh, for being with us. All right, everybody, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you next time. You might have found this show on many number of platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or right here on Debutify. Whatever the case, if you enjoy this content and want to help us thrive, please 
take a few moments to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you think is best. We also want to hear from you, so whether you think you'd be a good guest or want to weigh in on anything related to our show, you can email podcast at debutify.com or connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Finally, this podcast is created by the passionate team at Debutify. If you're ready to take the plunge into e-commerce or are looking to up your game, head over to debutify.com and see how it can change your life and the lives of many through what you do next.